white bees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table, cast on skillets, good and hot, watch it steam and crack and pop, cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop in black gang candy stripes. Look at them loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Good morning, and welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show dedicated to the people of our community who produce, preserve, and prepare our regional foods. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. That cute little theme song you just heard was performed and arranged by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's gotten to be very popular, and she's even sung on the Grand Old Opry. We're really proud of this young woman, and even more proud to say that she's from Monroe County, Tennessee. Today, we're setting the table with storytelling. We've got one about John Edgerton from Elizabeth Sims, and we have Robert Guype with a really funny story about working in a pickle factory, and Fred Sossman, our neighbor from Johnson City, shares with us an overnight pickle recipe that he got from Lynn Tolley, who is Jack Daniel's great-great-grandniece. We are so fortunate to have you listen in here today, and in the wake of such a heartbreaking several days here in East Tennessee, it's my hope that these stories will help to shine a little bit of happy light on your day-to-day. So thank you for joining us here today, and let's first get started with Elizabeth Sims, Now, this lady, Elizabeth Sims, is one of the main people that helped get the Southern Foodways Alliance going, and she's also the woman that was the concept behind Tupelo Honey and countless other food-oriented projects that helped to highlight our area. She and a lot of other people, including Ronnie Lundy, have created the Appalachian Food Summit, and I attended back in September, and this is where I recorded her. There are a group of people who like to highlight our culture and our food to produce more jobs and respect for our area. Again, the name of the outfit is the Appalachian Food Summit. You can find them on Facebook. I've also set up a donate button on TennesseeFarmTable.com if uh, this is something that you might be really interested in. So let's hear Elizabeth Sims tell us who in the world John Edgerton was. And the setup for this particular recording was that we were all sitting in the Loyal Jones Appalachian Center in Berea, Kentucky, and we had just eaten big bowls of cornbread and soup beans prepared by Chef Ed Lee and Travis Milton. And this particular event at the Appalachian Food Summit was called the first ever John Edgerton Cornbread Convocation. Soup beans and cornbread. Well, John was born in 1935, and he grew up in Kentucky. He was a fierce activist for social justice and a powerful and prolific writer. 
1999, it was his vision that created the Southern Foodways Alliance, another organization that works to explore the South's diversity through the lens of food. In fact, the Appalachian Food Summit received the Southern Foodways Alliance's John Edgerton Prize last year, and we're using some of those resources tonight to pay it forward. John's book, Speak Now Against the Day, is considered one of the most important books about the decade before the Civil Rights Act. It won the Robert F. Kennedy Book Award. His book, Southern Food, At Home, On the Road, in History, published in 1987, is the first book to view food from the region and its foodways and traditions as an act of communion, congregation, and shared conversation. A means to get people together around the table to talk about things. So it was John's sneaky way of doing something about the social injustice and racial tension around him. And John was sneaky. <laughs> He's a close talker, and he was very sneaky. So when, when Katrina devastated New Orleans, he decided to sell bread and butter pickles, which he called SOS Sharpies, for $10 a jar to rebuild the city's restaurant. Our friend and John's good friend, Lolas Eli, a former writer for the New Orleans Times-Picayune and originator of the HBO series Treme, said, how much money are you going to raise with a damn pickle? <laughs> so upon John's death, Kim Severson wrote about him in the New York Times, and Lolas refle reflected on his friend again and his earnest, heartfelt pickles, and he said, but for John, the food was always the way through something. It was always about the people who made it, their relationship to it, and their relationship to each other. Then Kim continues in her article, and this is a quote. Friends who said Mr. Edgerton had a penchant for tilting at windmills just shook their heads. I was one. In the end, the Pickle Project raised $10,000. John had a heart attack November 21st, 2013 at his home in Nashville. Typical of John, he went to his closet, pulled out one of his plaid button-down shirts and his signature sweater vest, put them on, and went outside and sat on the front steps to wait for the ambulance. He never made it to the hospital. Those of us who knew and loved John, and there are legions of us, gathered in the downtown public library in Nashville for his memorial service. John has spent countless hours there researching for his writing, and he was a great lover of books and libraries. So it was the perfect place to honor him. At the end of the memorial service, lovingly put together by his sons Brooks and March and his wife Anne, we all filed out of the lecture space into a large open reading room. And if you've ever been in this building, it's beautiful. Floor to ceiling windows opening up onto the majestic state capitol and its grounds. In that room, Nashville chefs were making fried bologna sandwiches <laughs> and ham biscuits. We all made our way through the line and found seats at the long reading room table. It wasn't until then, looking across the table, looking around the room, that we all realized we had been joined by a hundred or so homeless <coughs> Nashvillians 
who had come to the public library that blustery November day to get warm. They happily joined into the conversation and the food, wondering what in the world was going on that free food was being served in the reading room to all these folks. So we told them about John. John would have been pleased as punch. In fact, I'm pretty sure he was pleased as punch. So it is in this spirit that we welcome you to this first annual John Edgerton Cornbread Convocation. It was important to us that this meal be open to everyone and anyone, and that it feed whoever showed up at our table in the spirit of John's generosity. So we invite you to join in the conversation with old friends and new friends. Uh, I'm glad that you all have enjoyed this wonderful meal from Chef Edley and, and Chef Travis Milton, who we're going to talk in a minute. Um, the beans on the table, please take them home and make this meal. So take them home and make this meal often for yourselves, for your families, and for your friends, and maybe for people you don't really know very well. You can do it just for the heck of it, or you can do it as a Donate What You Can fundraiser for the Appalachian Food Summit. The important thing is, just do it. Just have this meal and share it. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. Thank you so much for tuning in. You just heard from Elizabeth Sims from the Appalachian Food Summit. And after the short break, we're going to hear a really funny story about a fella named Robert Guype and an experience that he had while working in a pickle factory. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes in part from Magpie's Bakery in downtown North Knoxville, just one block north of Broadway on North Central Street, and Magpie's West at the Village Exchange Shopping Center, just east of Calhoun's on Bearden Hill. Magpie's Bakery can accommodate most budgets and styles with a full selection of ready-made designs, or they can create custom designs for your special event. Magpie's is in full swing of holiday orders with piled high apple pie, Hazel's pumpkin pie, pumpkin cheesecake, old-fashioned apple stack cake, chocolate flourless tort, sour cream pecan streusel coffee cake, and new this year, the almond joyous pie. Always a full line of festive cookies and cupcakes at magpiescakes.com. Since 1992, Magpie's Cakes, all butter, all the time. So, now I get to introduce Rob. Robert was born in North Carolina and was raised in Kingsport, Tennessee, a child of the Tennessee Eastman Company, Pal's Sudden Service, and the voice of the balls, John Ward. His dad was a warehouse supervisor and his mom a registered nurse. He went to college at Wake Forest in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where he was a DJ for a student radio station that he helped start. He went to graduate school at the University of Massachusetts at Amherst and got a master's in American Studies. He worked as a pickle packer, a forklift driver, and eventually landed a job as marketing and educational services director for Apple Shop in Whitesburg, Kentucky. 
At Apple Shop, he worked with public school teachers on arts and education projects. Since 1997, he's been the director of the Appalachian Program at Southeast Kentucky Community and Technical College in Cumberland, Kentucky. He's one of the producers of Higher Ground, a series of community musical dramas based on oral histories and grounded in discussion of local issues. He's also a faculty coordinator of the Crawdad Student <laughs> Arts Series. He's had fiction published in Appalachian Heritage, and he has attended the Appalachian Writers Workshop in Heinemann every year since 2006. And if you have not read Robert's book, Trampoline, you should go get it tomorrow. It's like one of the best things ever. coming out in 2018. That's a long time from now, but we'll look forward to it. So, Robert. Which is bad. I mean, I don't like to talk when people are eating, and Lord knows my mother made me put a book away at the table uh, many times, and uh, I'm glad she's not. I'm, my mother passed away in April, and I almost said I'm glad she's not here, but uh, she, uh, I remember one time uh, Christmas week, she wasn't much of a cook, my mother. Uh, she would have enjoyed this, but uh, we went to Pals a lot. Uh, they used to give you a free sauce burger every time you got a one on your report card, which was important to me. Uh, anyway, they, uh, so I, uh, I worked in a pickle factory, that's right. Uh, and it seems like it should be mentioned um, since uh, John Edgerton did so much good work with pickles and uh, the man you're going to hear about that was in on the supper, he's wrote a book about pickles and, and I can pack 840 jars of pickles in an eight hour shift. Uh, that's documented. In fact, when I was going to get a job for the first time out of college, I went to the library because we didn't have the internet. And, uh, and I got a book out on how to write a resume. And it said you should put quantifiable stuff in your resume. <laughs> And I was an English major, and so I'd never done anything quantified. <laughs> uh, so I put on my resume that I could pack 840 jars <laughs> in an eight-hour period. What I didn't put on my resume was that, um, see, I was working at this place where they paid you by the hour based on your rate of production over the span of a week. So basically what that meant was like, if you packed as hard as you could all day long, all week, you get paid like 10 or $15 an hour. And this Ooh. was in 1987 dollars. <laughs> and so that is a nice chunk of change. Yeah. And so you're supposed to, the thing about our pickle place was is that they were spears and the seeds were all out so that the uh, discriminating pickle shopper <laughs> could gauge the freshness of the spears so you didn't buy any gray, slimy spears. <laughs> and so they couldn't figure out how to get a machine to do that, although all summer long people would uh, 
stand there and watch us pack pickles and try and figure out how to um, replace us. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm glad they weren't there the day that uh, we were supposed to wear gloves. <laughs> and, uh, but you couldn't pack fast with gloves on. So, uh, so me, and you'd get you a partner and you'd have a stainless steel tray of pickles and of spears. They would that was their thing too. You'd pack the day they were picked. And so they'd put those pickles in the brine and then they'd bring a big old fishnet over and lay them out in your tray and you'd just go to packing. And the way it worked was seed out, seed out, seed out, seed out, grab a handful, boom, pop, and then you'd put them up on the counter and when you got 12, a checker would come around and pop your car, put a hole in your car. And so, um, so we were chugging along and I had a hangnail <laughs> about as long as a fishing worm, so I had a, a band-aid over it. <laughs> so, uh, I know, right? Like, so, pop, 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 middle chunk, and I look up and my band-aid ain't on. And so I get in my tray and looking around for it and it ain't there, and I get down on the floor looking for it and it ain't there, so there's really only one place it could have gone, right? So that was in a jar. And so uh, they hated to stop that line, boy. They hated it. And I said, I called my checker over. I said, buddy, I, um, I think I sent a Band-Aid through the line. <laughs> and she goes, it's, and remember, this would have been during the period where no American president had yet said the word AIDS, right? This was when we were back in that 87 or whatever. And she, uh, she said, it don't matter. They, uh, they pasteurize them. <laughs> they get to y'all. So uh, they didn't make me, anyway. So. And if you've just joined us, you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. You just heard Robert Guype talking about working in a pickle factory. After a short break, we're going to hear from Fred Sossman from Johnson City with a recipe from Lynn Tolley, Jack Daniels' great-great-grandniece. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes to you in part by Kenner Tree Care, family owned and operated out of Louisville, Tennessee. Kenner Tree Care is proud to support this type of local community broadcasting. A certified arborist insured for your protection, offering removal of dead or problem trees, tree pruning, storm emergencies, tree care, soil conditioning, and tree and stump removal. Contact Kenner Tree Care by phone at 865-686-8344 or by Facebook. Kenner Tree Care. Tree Care, Nature's Play. And how about if we hear from our friend Fred Sossman? We've been making overnight pickles for over 25 years. There's no canning involved, and you can start enjoying these quickly prepared cucumbers within hours. The recipe is adapted from Jack Daniel's The Spirit of Tennessee Cookbook, published in 1988, and written by Pat Mitchamore and Lynn Tolley. Lynn is the great-grandniece of the famed whiskey maker Jack Daniel. She is his closest surviving relative. 
Not only does Lynn Tolley know Tennessee whiskey, she knows a whole lot about food with a degree in home economics and nutrition from the University of Georgia. Lynn runs one of Tennessee's finest restaurants, Miss Mary Bobo's Boarding House in Lynchburg, Tennessee, where each table has a local hostess who gets the conversation started by asking all the diners at the table where they're from. Dining at Miss Mary's is a celebration of the goodness of the Tennessee table. To make these overnight pickles, peel and slice about six medium cucumbers and two small onions. In a saucepan, combine the following ingredients. A quarter cup of sugar, one cup of apple cider vinegar or white vinegar, one teaspoon of dill seed, one teaspoon of mustard seed, one teaspoon of celery seed, one tablespoon of salt, and one half teaspoon of cream of tartar. You bring that mixture to a boil and boil it for about one minute. Then pour it over the cucumbers and onions. Pour everything into a non-reactive bowl or jar, cover it, and marinate in the refrigerator overnight. These overnight pickles will be ready to eat the next day. For the Tennessee Farm Table, I'm Fred Saussman. And now it's time for the gospel portion of our radio broadcast. We like to call this our daily bread. How about if we hear from one of East Tennessee's own, Shadow Ridge? This is Hold to God's Unchanging Hand.
Thank you so much for your great company here today on the Tennessee Farm Table. Hope you can join us again right back here next Saturday at 9 a.m. on the radio dial at WDVX.com out in Knoxville or anytime on our podcast, TennesseeFarmTable.com. Our theme song was written by myself and sung, arranged, and performed by Emmy Sunshine of East Tennessee. More information about Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. That is spelled T-H-E-E-M-I Sunshine.com. We hope you'll reach out and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and also our podcast on TennesseeFarmTable.com. And please tell your friends about us. We want to say thank you to WDVX Radio out of Knoxville, Tennessee. They are a true community-supported radio station that does not receive funding from universities or government agencies. The community and businesses support WDVX. Through an agreement with WDVX, they are our media partner, and the Tennessee Farm Table Show is broadcast on that station every Saturday at 9 a.m. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.